0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Before we get started, support for this podcast comes from Boost with Facebook, whose podcast, Boost My Business with David Fisher, features unique perspectives and insight from business leaders and small business owners. Hear stories and anecdotes about businesses just like yours gain insight on what it takes to grow a business, and learn from both the mistakes and triumphs of others. Download Boost My Business wherever you get your podcasts. That's Boost My Business Podcast. Before we get started, support for this podcast comes from Boost with Facebook, whose podcast, Boost My Business with David Fisher, features unique perspectives and insight from business leaders and small business owners. Hear stories and anecdotes about businesses just like yours. Gain insight on what it takes to grow a business, and learn from both the mistakes and triumphs of others. Download Boost My Business wherever you get your podcasts. That's Boost My Business Podcast.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Chalk Talk. I'm your host, Taylor Davis, joined by McKenna Kelly. We hope you're having a great week and are excited to talk about gymnastics because, boy, do we have a treat for you. You know, We didn't have a guest last week, but uh, we doubled up this week, I'd say. Truly. We have... One of the most accomplished, respected, well-known gymnasts in U.S. history, Jordan Weber, is going to be joining so cool. us to talk. McKenna's freaking out. I'm freaking out. We're both so excited that she is going to talk with us today. She's going to be talking all about her competition days, her time in the sport, different um, obstacles that she had to overcome and how those prepared her for the head coach role that she is now in at Arkansas. It's an awesome interview. We're so excited for you guys to listen to it and that will take up majority of the episode, but real quickly, McKenna and I are just going to run through some notables For the elite and the college world, make sure you guys
2: are well versed. It was a big week for gymnastics, I feel like. Like, there's so much going on, great results from all ends. It's hard to cover everything that's happening. But there was a lot of good gymnastics to be talked about. I
0: kind of feel like up until now, we've been at like a steady jog. Honestly, both Mm -hmm. elite and college. Like there's been consistent stuff happening. We're in a steady jog. And now we're all about to start a sprint because an NCAA (laughs) postseason is about to happen. And we are getting closer and closer to Olympic trials and the Olympics. So it's just a lot happening at one time, but a very exciting time nonetheless. So we're going to dive right into a couple stories. Storylines on the elite side. Team USA got some big wins this past weekend. We'll go ahead and start with the American Cup, uh, which in case anyone is not familiar, the American Cup is the USA's most prestigious international event and part of the International Gymnastics Federation's All-Around World Cup Series. This one has such prestige associated with it, and some really established, successful gymnasts have won this title, including our girl Jordan Weaver. Simone Biles is another one, and this year it went to our girl Morgan Hurd. This is actually her second American Cup title. And this girl just has such composure. She just has a really unique way of combining uh, elegance and joy with insane execution and bigness. I really love watching her compete. And I I think this is a really exciting title to add to her resume.
2: For sure. And Morgan is a very fierce competitor. I feel like she's kind of just one of those gymnasts who puts her head down and just does the work. Um, I I feel like she she's vocal when she wants to be, when she feels like this is worth it for me. Like, I I mean, I follow her on Twitter and she just, if she's making a point, it's something that seems like she stands for it. It matters to her. And I feel like that's just all around the kind of person she is. So I think her gymnastics is kind of that same way. She's very, very much a statement in what she does. Um, I really think she brings artistry to gymnastics. She, I think she's one of the gymnasts who kind of like, I want to say like reset the tone for artistry. I feel like for a while until, until we added the rule of you can't stand in the corner before you tumble. Like you have to like turn and pivot into your tumbling. I feel like we were kind of forgetting that our sport is called artistic gymnastics. Um, and mm-hmm. Morgan is just so beautiful on floor. I remember when she was first and upcoming in the elite world, that's what she was known for. That's what everyone had eyes drawn to her because she performs. It's truly, she right. makes it a performance. Um, so she's great to watch. I'm glad that she's coming back strong. I hope she is fully healthy. Um, and I actually saw on Twitter people are already making their predictions for 2020 for the U.S. team. Um, and, which I could, I could agree with. Like, yeah, go ahead and do that just because, you know, our elites our elites, excuse me, that was hard. Our elites are actually, you know, they're getting competition. They're, they're getting their feet wet. And now, so you can, you can see what they've been practicing and producing. And um, so Morgan was definitely on people's lists for um, Tokyo. And I just hope she can stay healthy because she, she's a joy to watch.
0: So if she stays healthy,
2: would you predict that we'll see her in Tokyo? I would say yes. I would say yes. Because, because she's been steady. I feel like because yeah. she, last year, she, you know, was kind of, I want to say hiatus, but just because her injury, but she's coming back strong. And right. I think that also tells a lot about who she is and how she handles things. Um, uh, Riley McCusker, a lot of people kind of put her under the radar, but she just cannot compete. It, it seems like she, she has all mm-hmm. the tools in the world and then she gets to competition and can't put a meet together. Um, and it's so upsetting because she's absolutely stunning I mean she's she's like another I mean obviously her and Lori went to the same gym for a bit and now that she's training with Jade hopefully she can kind of rewrite how she competes and maybe they have a different method for competing. Um, So hopefully she can get it together. I would love to see her on the team. I I think that's
0: a really interesting point about Riley McCusker and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with her moving forward because her issues in competition don't make sense when you look at her skills and her talent, but it makes you wonder, was the environment kind of unhealthy and, and was there too much fear associated with competition? Mission, oh, that yeah. she wasn't able to execute to the best of her ability, and maybe now that she's in a different training center and, and in a more relaxed environment, will she approach competitions differently, or are right. those ingrained, you know, uh, worries and setbacks that she's always going to have to overcome? I think that's a really unique approach that that we'll get to see how she fares. But certainly exciting for Morgan, like you mentioned, after overcoming injury and, and kind of some different ups and downs, I think getting this American Cup title. At this point has to be a confidence booster for her moving forward, just to kind of reestablish where she is on a national scale, be such a great representative for Team USA in this capacity. And at a time when, you know, all eyes are, are on these girls in competition atmospheres to to kind of decide how they would fare in the Olympics. Super exciting yeah. for her. And, and there's also the results from the Gymnics International that happened this past week. The full results are actually on Team USA's Twitter. There's links there if any of you want the individual titles. But USA won the senior and junior team titles and a total of
2: 10 individual titles. I mean, yeah. that's about as good as it gets. And and Michaela rocked it. She um, came out with gold she on vault, gold on bars. Um, Faith Torres gold on beam, and Michaela gold on floor. Um, Michaela has so much difficulty here. I I'm I must admit, watching her routines, I was a little upset with her form. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> just considering, like we went, you know, going to college, and we talked. We talked to her about this for sure, and she knows form yeah. is an issue for her. Um, when she was on the podcast, I had asked her the question, you know, do you think being in the college environment where you're focused on the little details, you have to have good form? Like, do you think that helped you in elite? And she said, for sure. But I do think her nerves got the best of her. And, you know, she was more focused on just kind of making it through and landing her new difficulty um, in her jam-packed routines. But I'm proud of her. I must say I'm very proud of her, just considering, one, this is a huge goal for her. And two, just I mean, again, we talked about this in, in her, um, interview with us on the podcast, but she just going from call or elite to college back to elite and then trying to go back again for the, like, she's got a lot on her plate and she's doing it. Like she is doing it, whether it's what she is hoping for or not, like she is doing it. So I I can't discredit her. I can discredit her form, but I'm not going to take away, um, Every, all of her success and, and the pride that she should be feeling walking out of this meet. I think she knows what she needs to do, go back to the drawing board, clean things up. Um, but she, she definitely made a statement.
0: Well, I think that's certainly a benefit to these meets, right, is here in crunch time for these gymnasts to be able to evaluate themselves in as close to a situation as can possibly be replicated uh, to kind of prepare you for the Olympics. You get the opportunity to to kind of see what you put out there, see what you need to work on. Definitely agree. Excited to see kind of how she ties up some different things after this one. Well, real quickly, we're going to touch on just a few things that happened in NCAA this past week. Uh, Nothing real drastic as far as the top dogs go. Oklahoma is still sitting in that number one spot with Florida closing in really closely behind. Florida got a Mm 198-1 on the road against Penn State, which is a huge, huge score because it's on the road, and that will fit directly into their already stellar NQS. And a lot of that was in thanks to three perfect scores. Trinity Thomas on floor, Rachel Gowie on beam, and Sierra Alexander got a nine nine five for her Yurchenko full vault, but that's the highest that you can get on a Yurchenko full. So you count that as a perfect score. So uh they are just they're ready for nationals. They they could literally go tomorrow.
2: I, and it makes me nervous because I I am, I always love an underdog story. I'm always going to cheer for the underdog. Although I don't know if you could call Florida truly an underdog because <laughs> yeah. they've got all the bells and whistles. They have, you right. know, they know the experience, they know what to do. But, you know, considering last year, like I'm proud of them for keeping this mindset. It, it could have become mundane and they could have become complacent, but it's like, they bring the same tenacity and vision with them to every meet, and that that's huge. Just considering, um, you don't know who's or excuse me, you don't know who's hurting. You don't know what injuries they may be facing or what in their lives they're facing, and and they're still showing up and doing what Florida does. Um, also, I want to shout out to Penn State because they got a one ninety six two two five. Um, so mm-hmm. I feel like they have been really progressing um, throughout this season too. That's that's a great score for them. So that's that's great too. But. Um, Rachel Gowey, she's been knocking at the door for a 10 for a hot minute now. So glad she got that. Um, Trinity girl, no surprise. You're just doing (laughs) Trinity things. So, I mean, you keep doing you, um, but yeah, Florida, I, I, I'm really hoping that we can see, oh my gosh, please just imagine OU and Florida at the national championship right now. Like they're going to be neck and neck. It's literally going to be like routine to routine.
0: Well, it makes me think of the Nationals a couple years ago when Christine Pengpeng Lee literally needed a 10 10. on beam to win, and she got it. Like, it literally could come down to the very last routine. And honestly, I'm all for it. Me
2: too. That's what makes it exciting. Like, we've talked about this before. It's not fun watching OU knowing they're going to get, like, a (laughs) 199-3, you know, against another team. It's just like, yay, they're, like, perfect. Like, it's fun for upsets. Like, that's what makes it exciting. Yeah, I'm sure
0: Oklahoma fans are out there being like, will y'all shut up talking
2: about Oklahoma <laughs> losing? It's
0: not that. Listen, I give credit where credit is due. And I for think sure. Oklahoma is a powerhouse. They're a powerhouse for a reason. The talent They're that they so have good. and the the way that they approach competition, I have the utmost respect for. Don't even get me started on Maggie Nichols and KJ Kendler. Those two are going to go down in history. But right. I think as a lover of sports, I, I feel the same mm. way about like I was so glad the Patriots were not in the Super Bowl this year it's not that I hate the Patriots I just if we're
2: watching the same thing over and over what what's the fun in that right same thing with LSU football like I mean obviously guys I'm gonna pull for LSU anything but I mean she had to put that that in there listen but it's I was thinking (laughs) about Alabama 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 they're always top dog and fucking too and like with Clemson coming in and winning too and then LSU coming in like it's awesome that those are the things that make you excited those are the things that create better fan bases and get things more excited because think about it in the sense of, you know, if the national championship, if there's a, if there's a different winner besides you think about what the next season's going to look like, everyone's going to be pulling exactly. for different teams. Like that's what creates the fun in things. And, and it creates, um, bigger rivalries and just more excitement and, and, fans to, to sports of all kinds. Like those are the things we should be pulling for because that's what keeps us going. That's, we love the edge on your seat of, of, you know, your eyes go to the TV and your heart's beating and you feel like you're the one competing. Like that's what you want. Right.
0: Exactly. Especially, and we've mentioned this so many times, the new broadcasting opportunities this year, the finals are going to air on ABC. So we have the opportunity to get this thing on way more eyes than we would ordinarily. You want them to stay tuned through the end. You don't want there to be such a discrepancy that everyone gets bored and turns the channel. If we are all pursuing the same goal of growing this sport, a tight competitive postseason is what we all need. So, rolling for that. And just real quickly, uh, a couple other team notables. We had touched on the Oklahoma-Michigan meet last week. We had high hopes for Michigan. Obviously, they didn't get the win. Oklahoma won 198-1. To one hundred ninety-seven four two five, but honestly, I think that says a lot about Michigan. A sure. one hundred ninety-seven four two five on the road at Oklahoma, and right. it was their senior night, i.e., Maggie's senior night. Like you just <laughs> you know about the other variables right. associated with this one. That's just the reality of the sport, and they still got a really solid road score, and so their NQS now goes up about two
2: tenths after competing against the number one team in the nation. Like I think that's a win. That's definitely huge, especially going into postseason. You're, you know, you're trying to see where you're going to end up in the regional seeds and that that's huge for them. Um, no surprise here. Maggie got a 10 again, but she got on vault um, and during senior night that that's a special feeling. So that that's really yeah. exciting for her. I know to, to close out LNC like that at the LNC, that's really exciting. Um, and I, I feel like part of her is like almost expected to do that. But, you know, I'm kind of surprised that the judges didn't pull for, like, the perfect 40 for her because there's always – I don't don't know if fans or judges are, like, joking when they say, like, it's always been Kyla or Maggie's going to get a perfect 40. And, like, they've gotten pretty (laughs) dang close before. So I was kind of almost, like, expecting something like that. Um, But Maggie got the 10 on vault. Also, so they have a senior, Bree Showers. Um, She is – from what I can just tell about her, she seems so, just a beautiful person, super bubbly personality. It's um, just yeah. a light on my team. She's always smiling. She has dealt with a lot of injuries. Um, and I know at the, at senior night, she didn't compete because of an injury. Um, and they showed her one of her routines, um, I think from like freshman year or something, I don't know, on the screen. Um, so everyone got to watch, the team was watching like mid-meet. And I thought that was just super special um, that they included her in that and just made her feel like, Hey, like we see you, we know what, what you bring to the table. Like it's more than just gymnastics. Like you are such a leader. And I just, I love that just because I've, I've been in that hot seat of, of being on the sideline and it, and it sucks. It sucks. I can't imagine being a senior and knowing, Hey, I'm not going to compete at my last meet that I should be competing, you know? So, um, that was, that was really cool of OU to do that.
0: I agree. I thought that was pretty special. Uh, And the other one I wanted to mention, Alabama defeated Georgia. And obviously that one has so much history. Alabama-Georgia has always been a heated rivalry back to the Sarah and Suzanne days. So that's (laughs) always one that fans get really into. Uh, Georgia, unfortunately, is, is struggling with limited depth right now uh which honestly we've seen that in years past I I mean like there have been so many times where they only compete five in a lineup and I I, I don't I don't understand why that is because I think this program has the makings to get back to the powerhouse that they were especially with Courtney Capetz Carter at the helm so I'm unsure why they they still seem to to find issues in that regard, but they really had a rough bar set. They had to count a fall and Marissa Oakley was unable to finish the routine. And nice. I, I mean, if you start off that way, it's really difficult to come back from. Yeah.
2: And I mean, having your team have to watch your teammate get injured, that, that shakes you up too. That, that's scary. You Not only are you thinking about in the moment, oh my gosh, is she okay? But you kind of have a glimpse into the future. Like, oh gosh, like who's going to replace her? Or, like that, alter- yeah. that that kid that's been training alternate spots, like, oh crap, I'm in. Like those are the thoughts that are going through your brain. And you kind of forget where you are in the moment. You kind of forget, hey, we need to re- refocus. And you almost feel selfish about it, but that is part of the team sport. You've got to be like, okay, you know what? She's injured. She's okay. We're glad she's okay. But we, need, we now need to move forward. We now need to refocus. We need to get in a good head space because none of us can get hurt now. It, it does shake you up. So um, for them to have to regroup and, and finish out the meet, I mean, that that's really hard. That is a very hard task to do. Agreed. I,
0: I think Alabama has kind of been uh, what past Alabama teams have been. I was unsure about them at, at a certain point of the mm-hmm. season, but... They have been pretty steady and, and kind of quieter and teams, Alabama teams in the past that have done that, they usually turn it on come postseason. So yeah. my eye is going to be on this Alabama team. I think sometimes they intentionally are pretty slow and steady in regular season because they have April as as their goal. So I'll, I'll be interested to see what they're able to put together. Uh, but there were a lot of perfect tens this past weekend. A lot of judges were, were feeling generous McKenna's got that list. So why don't you go ahead and
2: run through those? Yeah. Um, so we've already touched on Maggie on vault, uh, Rachel Gowie and Trinity and, and Sierra again, not a perfect 10, but a perfect score of a nine nine five. We touched on this when we broke down vault, um, a Yurchenko fool starts at a nine nine five. So for her to get that stick, she was perfect. Uh, we had Ona Loper for the Minnesota Gophers. They were at NC state. Um, she got a perfect 10 on vault and it was absolutely beautiful. So that was really cool for her. Um, who else do we have? We had Kyla on vault. No surprise there. I, I saw the, the gymternet was saying because of, you know, UCLA, they compete. They don't always compete on Fridays. They kind of compete throughout the weekend. Um, they, that meet was actually on international women's day. And someone said something like international women's day showing up for Kyla or like no surprise. Kyla gets a perfect <laughs> 10 on them. Yeah. I mean, classic. I feel like that, that makes sense to me. Um, and then Kim Tessen from Utah also had a perfect 10 on vault. So there's a lot, again, a lot of good gymnastics, a lot of big gymnastics, um, excuse me. <clears throat> this week, and I mean, I think there's there's a purpose for that. I think you know the schedules are purposely made going into postseason, try to get you in the best place possible. Um, so great job to the girls this weekend. Um, that that's always a really good feeling.
0: Couple fun facts on those for Kim Tesson, who is a senior at Utah. That was her first career 10. That's awesome. That's so fun. Isn't that why that surprised me though. Like I, I hear her name so much and she's been a staple at that Utah program. I was very shocked that she hadn't gotten a 10 yet, especially when you take into the consideration, the, the insane crowd environment at Utah. I mean, I just.
2: I was surprised by that. I do want to point out, I think, I I don't know, I think in the past couple of years, let me actually complete a sentence here. I think in the past couple of years, the perfect 10 has become like a Girl Scout badge. It's like people are just trying to get 10s yeah. and it's, I feel like it's almost kind of lost it, how sacred it is and what a perfect 10 encompasses. And of course, like, when you have gymnasts like Rachel Gowie and Trinity Thomas and Maggie Nichols and Kyler, like those are gymnasts where you're like, yeah, okay. Like they were literally in the elite world, like Olympic route girls. Like they can do perfectly sound gymnastics, but it it kind of, it's hard for the rest of the country to look around and be like, okay, well, mine was really good. Where's my 10? It's like, we've almost become, um, we're expecting it. Um, so for gymnasts like Kim Tessin, I think she is talked about. I think she's well-known because she's constantly consistent. She does her job for Utah. I don't think you need a perfect 10 to be like considered a legend or like whatever the title you are looking for with a 10. Absolutely. Um, You know, and I think with the elite status, those gymnasts, they have a lot of pressure and – um, judges, I, I mean we talk about judging bias all the time I, I think they have that mm-hmm. that stigma too like oh she's definitely gonna get a ten so that doesn't help either but uh, again I do I don't want to discred- I'm not discrediting Kim's ten like I she 100 percent deserves it. if she's getting a 10 that's awesome but I'm saying like I don't think you need a perfect 10 to be considered memorable or a really good gymnast.
0: We had that conversation with Kathy Johnson Clark a few episodes ago yeah, she she echoed that sentiment and she was saying. There's rarely a perfect 10. I mean, Kathy's tough now. Kathy's tough. Kathy's very critical. uh, (laughs) Yeah, she does not see perfect 10s as often as they're given. But you do understand the value of them in in the terms of viewership and and fandom. And judges know that, too. Uh, Do you want to guess what number this was for Kyla? How many career
2: perfect 10s she's had now? Oh, gosh. I feel like it's not going to be as many as I thought cuz she is always getting nine, nine, seven, fives like always. So Yeah. Oh gosh. What uh 15? 22. Oh. Y'all, I mean, I got one 22. and that was the best day of my life. <laughs> 22? Yeah, oh, 22. Lord.
0: And honestly, I I will guess she'll have 25 when all is said and done. Oh, absolutely. If not more. I, like no.
2: she's not done. Let's no. be real. No, she's not done till that final routine of the national championship. Holy 100%. Boy. I just thought that was crazy. Okay, well, speaking of really established
0: successful gymnasts, <laughs> let's go ahead and bring in our guests. Like we mentioned at the beginning, the wonderful Jordan Weber is going to be talking with us all about. Her competition days, now her coaching days at Arkansas, she's got a lot of wisdom that she's passing on to this young athletes, and we are lucky to get a glimpse of that here today. But before we bring her in, I want to tell you guys a little bit about Simply Safe. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. You can wait weeks for a technician to do a messy install that costs a fortune and takes all day, which none of us have the time for that. Or you can get Simply Safe, the two time winner of CNET's Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety, outdoor cameras, doorbell alerts. Uh, to you or or anyone in your family that lives in the home about someone that's approaching your door, which I think is really cool. Entry, motion, glass break sensors, guard the inside, and you can set up the system all by yourself and it only takes 30 minutes. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police in a moment's notice 24-7. And this thing is 50 cents a day with no contracts. You can end it at any point you want. So go to simplysafe.com team today and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose, people. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash team to get the 60-day risk-free trial and free shipping. Once again, simplysafe.com slash team. All right, everybody. Well, we certainly have a treat for you this week. We are going to bring in our awesome guest, one of the most accomplished gymnasts in U.S. history and now head coach for the Arkansas Gym Bax. Everyone welcome, Jordan Weber. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We really don't need much of an intro for you. I mean, you you really have cemented yourself as one of the most successful and, and respected U.S. gymnasts and obviously such an exciting opportunity for you becoming the head coach in NCAA we're going to talk all about that but I do want to start uh, with your days in competition you really experience so much that the sport has to offer when you reflect Mm -hmm. back what are maybe some uh, experiences or opportunities that really stand out to you as uh, kind of preparing you for this coaching opportunity
3: Oh, gosh, it's so weird to think back on my gymnastics career. It feels like forever ago, but it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's actually funny. I, I I did gymnastics for a lot less time than a lot of other athletes did. I retired at 18 years old, um, yeah. which is crazy. And then I kind of shifted into college and, and then eventually coaching. But, uh, you know, just like I feel like anyone would say this, the moments that stand out to me the most were – uh, the really, really tough times, the injuries, um, the failures, the times I fell in competition and had to come back on the next two events, stuff like that. Um, those are the things that kind of stand out to me, the, the moments that I had to be resilient um, on a really big stage in front of a lot of cameras and on national TV, um, which is hard to do at a young age. And I think that really um, allowed me to mature at a young age and grow up really fast and develop um, some resilience and, and then that's kind of transferred into life. And so, um, I've always felt a little bit older than my age, which is why (laughs) I think I started the head coaching career a little bit earlier. Um, but I think I have gymnastics to, to, um, blame for that one because, you know, just there's so many hard things you have to go through. Um, and it's, it's really rewarding when you do get through them. Um, but it's definitely, it's a hard sport. I I mean, everybody can agree with that. I'm sure. (laughs)
2: Definitely. I have to admit, Jordan, there was one beam routine you did. It was like 2009 Tyson. It was literally (laughs) perfect. You stuck actually every skill like from mount to dismount. Um, And I used to go back and like watch that all the time to like motivate me (laughs) to like get me going when I was younger. So like, first of all, just thank you for everything that you've done for this sport um, from your own gymnastics career, how you handled things that came your way and then what you're doing now just with the direction the sport is trying to go. I think people like you, we need people like you and it's just, you're doing such a service to the sport and I know gymnasts um, from all over, like you are helping rewrite that. So I just want to thank yeah, cool. you for that.
3: Thank um, you. You're so sweet.
2: <laughs> no, it's it's true. It's true. You're helping kind of restamp what the sport is and that there's so many good things to come from it. Um, But I have a question in terms of coaching, did you ever see yourself, I mean, growing up anyway, or even to when Mm -hmm. you got to UCLA, how did you get to UCLA and find yourself in that coaching position? And then did you ever see yourself as a coach?
3: Yeah. So um, when I was uh, a little bit younger, I was getting recruited uh, to do college gymnastics. And Mm -hmm. um, my top three schools were UCLA, Florida, and Alabama. And, um, just like any young gymnast, I kind of went through phases of which one was my favorite. Um, and then, (laughs) (laughs) um, when I went to the world championships in 2011, at that time, UCLA was my top school. Um, and I ended up doing really well at that competition. I came out as the world champion and that kind of changed everything for me. Um, especially being the year before the Olympics. Um, you know, I was kind of seen as one of the top athletes who was, had a really good chance of making the Olympic team, and so I was getting calls from a lot of agents and sponsors, and just kind of overwhelmed with um, just pressure to either go professional or not. Right. And so right. I was kind of faced with that. I was faced with that decision the year before the Olympics, and um, I was really torn because growing up, my two goals in the sport were to make the Olympics and to be a college gymnast. And I oh. I wanted to do college <laughs> gymnastics. So bad. Um, right. I grew up going to the Michigan State gymnastics meets and I just I was like a huge fan. I loved it. Um and so it was it was not an easy decision. Um and it's pretty risky if you think about for it, sure. especially yeah. before the Olympics. I mean, there was a chance I could have gotten injured and not made the team and and lost my eligibility for college. But um okay. I just sat down with my parents and really talked about it. And um I also was talking to Tasha Schweiker at the time who was working as a sports agent and was a gymnast at UCLA. And, um, she called me and said, you know, there's a way that you can go to UCLA and still be a part of the team, uh, but not do gymnastics. And then you can still go professional. And so I called Miss Val, um, and I asked her if there's a way I could still be a part of the team. And she said, absolutely. You can be a team manager. Um, and I was like, great, awesome. I have no idea what that means, but I'm going to do it. Um, and so I ended up going professional and, Um, that's kind of how I ended up doing what I did throughout the Olympic, um, year and then ended up going to UCLA. And I actually said specifically, I'm, I don't want to be a coach, um, Mm. for a long Mm -hmm. time. I understand. Um, yeah. And I, I always thought, okay, I've spent my whole life in the gym. I'm not going to spend the rest of my life in the gym. Um, and then I got to UCLA and I started to see, um, just the amazing environment that is college gymnastics. And not only that, but just, um, you know, Miss Val has a way of um, just impacting people's lives through gymnastics. Um, and a lot of times you know, she just uses gymnastics as a tool to teach people life lessons and mentor them and help them grow. Um, and I started to see that, you know, even if I did spend the rest of my life in the gym, it can be more than just about gymnastics and being yeah. covered in chalk and all of that. So. Um, I started to see that, you know, the impact that she had and I wanted to do the same and she, my senior year, um, she asked me if I wanted to be the volunteer coach. And so I was like, you know what, I've got one year left of college, I'm going to challenge myself and see if I can do this coaching thing. And I very quickly just fell in love with it.
0: Wow I mean I just think you and Miss Val were such a duo talk about like motivators I would be (laughs) all in we had her on the show a couple weeks ago and Uh I was ready to run through a brick wall she is so (laughs) (laughs) inspirational and she speaks with such conviction and I just think that that's such a special opportunity to have kind of uh had her as a bit of a mentor and then kind of find Mm -hmm. your own identity as a coach and, and continue that through but really you You've experienced so many things that I think just – make you such a well-rounded coach you really can relate to so many different things that young gymnasts are probably going through like you mentioned some of the injuries Mm -hmm. you've been through and things like that and obviously a lot of people go back to your experience at the 2012 Olympics I mean talk about Mm -hmm. a testimony of of perseverance and mental toughness I mean you're you're basically having to go through a a bit of a heartbreak from the the Mm -hmm. dream of the all-around and within a matter of hours still work to attain the dream of the team title. Talk a little bit just Mm -hmm. about that experience and how you were able to find the mental fortitude to achieve what you did.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, it's, it was, it was hard. You know, you have this one goal, this one dream and uh, your whole life. And then not only that, but just being the world champion coming into that meet Right. Um, everybody was talking about it. Everybody kind of expected it of me. And then sure. at the same time, I put a lot of pressure on myself and, um, you know, it just, it it, it still kind of irks me the, the rules, you know, I the a country rule. Sure. I'm not a huge fan uh, of, and I've made sure. that pretty well known. Um, <laughs> but you know, it is, it is what it is. And, and I look back and I think, you know, if I had qualified all around and gone on and, you know, my life would probably be totally different now. So right. I'm, I'm right. grateful for that experience. And, I definitely wouldn't be the person I am today if I hadn't had to go through that two-day span of figuring out how to go through one of the biggest disappointments of my life and then, you know, muster the courage to come back and compete for the team. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, as soon as I stepped in that arena for the team competition, it wasn't it wasn't hard anymore to to keep going. It, you know, I put all of my focus on my teammates and you know, I look back on that and I I really think that's when I realized I was always Better with a team setting than an individual sure. setting um, and I look back on all the meets that competed and I always did better in the team competition and, and it's weird now I think that's what led me to college gymnastics because it is you know the most team-oriented arena that exists in gymnastics um, and I preach it to our girls all the time now but when you experience a fall on, a, on an event or you're having a bad practice on an event um, or something happens you have to figure out how to pull yourself together and come back because it's not about you anymore. It's about the team. Um, And that's something that I can really speak to because it's exactly what I went through in London. And Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, there's a lot of experiences like that, you know, especially with injuries and um, you know, some body image and weight stuff that I had to go through that I feel like is really relatable to this age group um, Mm -hmm. that I feel like I can, I can kind of relate to them with. Yeah.
2: awesome. That there's so many and I think that's what's so cool about the sport is you learn so many life lessons that you can carry with you um outside mm-hmm. of the gymnastics setting um I mean you've you've touched on a few um so you you were born and raised in Michigan right yes so you went from Michigan to California and now you're in Arkansas what <laughs> was the shift mm-hmm. from the Pac-12
3: to the SEC like mm-hmm. oh it's It's a lot different. Um, you know, just as soon as I took the job, I was handed our twenty twenty schedule and I took one look at it and I'm like, Okay, here we go. And (laughs) our first meet was at Florida and then we had which was, you know, obviously the rank number two, and the second meet was Denver, which is like a number four, five team, and then the third meet was Oklahoma, and I'm like, Okay. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh. this is awesome. And <laughs> that really and I, I knew the SEC was was a competitive conference. But as soon as I took a look at our schedule, I'm like, you know what, this is this is a lot different than what I'm used to. Uh, yeah. You know, when you're in the Pac 12, at UCLA, you know, obviously, our biggest competition was Utah. And then, you know, occasionally, you know, we'd have some big meets against Cal and Oregon State, but it wasn't anything like the SEC. And it's, mm-hmm. sure. it's intense. It's competitive week after week, there's no down weeks whatsoever um, but I actually love that I'm I'm probably one of the most competitive people in the whole world <laughs> uh, and so I, I love that I think it pushes our team to, to stay up and stay motivated and get better each and every week um, but at the same time we encourage them don't don't think about the opponent that's not really how our sport works um, we don't play defense we just go in and do our thing and be the uh, best version of Arkansas that we can be exactly. and that's the only thing we're in control of
0: I totally agree with that I, I just So I have um, a television background, I've worked with ESPN and the SEC network for several years. And I have told McKenna, Arkansas is actually one of my favorite campuses to go to. Fayetteville is so cute. And i like, I think it's a hidden gem. People don't necessarily think of it. But when you go there, Mm -hmm. like everything is fantastic. And the people are great. And I know that you've made it your mission to be really active and present around the community and the campus. And Mm -hmm. I just am curious what this whole thing has been like for you because this is Mm -hmm. essentially a a role as far as the publicity side of it um that's something that you're familiar with but now you're doing it Mm -hmm. in a capacity of of trying to get people to buy in and trying to to pack the arena and and really build some some new fandom around this gymnastics program what has that been like for you now knowing that you represent this team
3: Mm -hmm. it's been really fun you think about arkansas i totally agree with you it's this kind of um best kept secret I think in the yes. in the country of what this place is like, um, because it's it's really special and I and I had my um I, I had my idea of what Arkansas was like before I got here and I was so wrong. Totally. And um yeah. it's it's much more fun than people anticipate. But yep. um, you know, the cool thing about Arkansas is that, you know, we're really the only team in the whole state. There's no other professional teams. There's no back NBA or NFL teams.
2: Yeah,
0: And so
3: everyone in this state is a Razorback fan. And you right, can feel right. that as soon as you step foot in Arkansas, um, yeah. which is really, really cool. Um, so we're not competing against a lot of other big teams in terms of events. Um, and then for me, you know, I, I kind of think back and we did a, we focused a lot on marketing promotion at UCLA. And I also kind of have learned a lot about um, other programs and how you know, especially a program like Utah, how they started. Um, yeah. They're basically he, you know, Greg Marsden was basically the godfather of UCLA gymnastics and building that crowd in in their arena, and he did that by going out into the community and recruiting people to come to the meets and um, handing out season tickets and, and all that. So I'm kind of taking this from what I've learned from you know Miss Val and at UCLA and just from other coaches and trying to build a bigger fan base here, and and we've got the perfect um, area for it because everybody really gets excited about Razorback sports. Um, right. But my goal is to, is to grow that crowd. And yeah. right now we're competing in a gymnastics and volleyball arena. And my goal is next year to um, try to get into that basketball arena and try to fill the bigger crowd. So um, wow. that's one of my goals among, among many, but it's, it's fun getting people excited and getting out in the community and meeting everybody because uh, the people here are, are really awesome
2: that's so important them getting that face to face you know seeing who they're who they're going to be supporting and who they're going to go watch postseason is right around the corner uh this means more qualifying meets more pressure meets obviously bigger arenas and, and neutral sites and podiums and all the lights um what does training look like for you
3: guys going into postseason so i feel like our team's at the, at the point where you know our routines are pretty much set we've got our lineups for the most part set um with a couple of exceptions and right now um, I feel like for, for us, post-season, postseason is a mental challenge. It's mm-hmm. all about going into any arena at any time on podium or not and being able to do our job. Um, and that's, that's something we're really challenging this team to do, I think, differently this year than they've ever done is really focus on the mental side of the sport. They're used to doing a lot of numbers and just relying on that um, to, to help them feel confident in the meet. And, you know, we've got we're obviously working around some injuries just like any other team is. Um, and so we're trying to get them to understand that the, the mental preparation is going to be even more important than, than the physical preparation as we, as we kind of go into the postseason. Um, but at the same time, we're going to get creative and practice, especially between SECs and regionals to figure out, um, how we're going to manage back to back days. Um, cause that's our goal is to qualify on that second day of regionals. So, um, it's, it's definitely every day is a mental challenge. We're trying to get our team to be really efficient, um, not waste any turns because that builds confidence, but at the same time, it saves your body. Um, So just every day being super intentional about every single turn they take, and and then coming together even more as a team to um, just be super connected and walk into any arena feeling invincible.
0: Absolutely. And we've talked about it on this show so many times, just about the – Brilliant decision on Arkansas's part to bring you in. I mean, Rome wasn't built in a day, but the foundation that you're already setting and and the progress right. that you're already seeing in that program, I just I, I think it's really exciting to think that Arkansas is heading in the direction and already yeah. achieving what you have. Uh, real quickly, Jordan, before we let you go, you know, we kind of mentioned already that that you have been and continue to be a representative for this sport. And you're you're very vocal about the changes that need to be made, the the progress that needs to be seen and and you've really been privy to some of the, the darkness and negativity that, that can be included in gymnastics, unfortunately. Uh, mm-hmm. as, as you've grown and matured and now in a coaching capacity, what more do you think still needs to improve in the sport of gymnastics? What do you see as, as kind of your mission to encourage change in the sport?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think there's still a lot of things that need to um, improve, but I think the number one thing that um, – you know i feel really passionate about is kind of changing the definition of what makes a good coach um mm. and that's something that i have the ability to to really show and right. practice every single day in my job um but there is a way to motivate and um and create change in athletes and motivate change that's not mean or degrading or totally. yelling Absolutely. or pushing people through injuries that shouldn't be pushed through and um, you know, I saw, I saw an environment like that at UCLA with Miss Bao as the leader and she, you know, she was, she's my mentor and she was my teacher. And so I'm taking a lot of the same philosophies and, um, and using them with my program here at Arkansas. And so, um, you know, if we can redefine what makes a good coach, I think our sport will be way better off.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
3: you know, if you think about some of the abuse that's happened. It, it really has happened because of the culture that exists in gymnastics. Uh, nice. Because of the, the power dynamics, because of um, some of the other um, kind of deep-rooted uh, philosophies from, from, from other coaches of how they think they need to motivate athletes and get the results that they want. Um, right. And I'm on a mission to prove that you don't need to do that, that you can create champions um, with positivity and you know, motivating change in, in a good way. Uh, that doesn't, you know, create negative effects for athletes later on in life. Because, yes. you know, it would be it would be much easier to come in and and uh, coach by um, dictating, and that's yeah. that's an easy way of coaching. Um, the harder way of coaching is to figure out what motivates each athlete and to to motivate change instead of dictating change. And um, that's a challenge every single day. And um, I think if more coaches can. Develop that philosophy, then our sport is going to be much more positive and, and better off, and we'll avoid, um, you know, more abuse in the future. And um, gymnastics will will be on a better trajectory than it has been.
0: Yeah. And it's not a one size fits all method. It really takes right. investment and time in the individual athlete to kind of learn more about them and, and know the person, mm-hmm. not just the athlete. And yeah. I, I think that that's right. such an important emphasis. And if anyone can blaze that trail, it's certainly you. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us and, and best of luck as you continue your coaching career.
3: Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
0: Well, everybody, that wraps it up for us this week on Chalk Talk. Thank you so much for listening to us each and every week. As always, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode of the High Flying Action. A lot of good stuff on the horizon, NCAA and Elite, and we're going to be covering all of it. So for McKenna and myself, thank you for listening. We'll talk next week. Thank you for listening to Believe.